This podcast is sponsored by GCK Consulting, a next-generation political consulting firm. From fundraising to polling to campaign strategy, GCK is helping get millennials elected all across the country. To learn more about GCK and their services, just go to gckconsults.com. Again, that's gckconsults.com. All right, now to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Rubin, and today I'm joined by Sam Jeske, Senior Fellow here at MP. And today we're joined by the hosts of Swing Left's podcast, How We Win, Steve Pearson and Mariah Craven. Steve and Mariah, thank you so much for coming on today. Mariah, why don't we start with you first? Can you tell us a bit about your background, how you came uh, to get involved with with Swing Left, and how you joined Steve on the podcast? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having us. So excited to be here. I always um, tell people that I'm like the oldest millennial because I'm right on the cusp, and uh, and it's it's I feel like it's gotten me some you know digital jobs, which is what my background is is in digital communications. I'm like, yeah, I can handle your digital. I'm I'm a millennial. You know, I know what's going on. Um, go. <laughs> <laughs> which you, we all know is a, is a is a common misconception. But in in any event, I um, was happily doing digital uh, communications for various campaigns all over the country. Um, particularly for women running for office um, or running for new positions, and they already held offices. Um, and I ended up in California working for Kamala Harris on her Senate campaign and um, had the most uh, bizarre election night back in 2016 where I was literally jumping up and down with excitement because we won, we won, and then an hour later was like, crying into a glass of champagne. Um, and, uh, you know, and then things got a little, a little crazy after that. And all of a sudden I was part of, um, this movement to, uh, help flip the house, which is how I ended up meeting Steve and all the wonderful organizers, uh, in Southern California where where we are and across the country that went from, um, you know, let's march in the streets to let's do something really strategic, and that is take back power in the House. So uh, we helped flip a bunch of House seats uh, here in Southern California and beyond. And um, and then Steve approached me about the How We Win podcast, and I thought, you know, if we can get more information out to all of these passionate people who want to make a difference. Um, and tell some stories along the way and introduce them to some really cool activists and organizers and celebrities, then let's do it. Awesome. What a background. And Steve, go ahead, pick up where she left off. Well, first of all, I think that uh, Mariah's autobiography ought to be titled Crying into a Glass of Champagne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens more often than I want to admit. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this, that's just a little unsolicited, uh, title advice for you, but, um, (laughs) you're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I consider myself class of November, 2016. So, um, uh, unlike Mariah, I, I wasn't working on a lot of campaigns before Trump was elected. I had 
done some volunteering, of course, you know, usually just presidential cycles, you know, like most people. I grew up in a political family. Um, I grew up in D.C. Uh, my father was counsel to President Johnson, and my older brother worked for both Bush administrations. So he's the black sheep of, of the family. Um, wow. I'm sure you have some great stories then. Got some great Johnson stories. Um, I, you know, not so many great Bush stories. Uh, that, that was a difficult personal time to navigate my relationship with my brother at that time. <laughs> but anyway, he, he worked for the Small Business Administration for Bush Jr. and the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget for Bush Sr. So they're pretty, pretty, um, you know, fiscally minded, non-socially minded. But, you know, we all know that money is a statement of your social values too. So anyway, uh, to not digress too much on that, um, I hadn't gotten really involved before uh, and Trump was elected. I have a, a daughter. We had a party here at our house to watch the first female president get elected with a bunch of her friends. And um, it, it was like so many of us, we were just devastated. Um, uh, and uh, after a couple of weeks of just like burying ourselves in our in our covers um i had to do something i and i had to do it uh selfishly for my own sanity and uh, and for my family so uh, i looked around for something to do i found uh swing left had just launched and um so i signed up to have a house party i signed i was one of the first swing left volunteers um I didn't know there was this little box to check where you could limit the amount of people that signed up for your party. <laughs> so um, like 20 people <laughs> became 50, became 100. I moved it to a church hall down the street. Um, we had 200 people show up for this first uh, Swing Left House party. And from there, uh, I just kind of, because my name and phone number was on that, I became the LA swing left guy and started organizing uh, groups around Southern California, then eventually joined the swing left team officially as their Southern California field director, worked with them uh, on their training programs with Swing Left Academy and had always wanted to do a podcast um, about activism because for me, getting started after Trump was elected, like I didn't know the impact that you could really make. Um, I would just watch the news and get upset and think, well, what difference can I make? And after I started doing this work and finding all this, this amazing community of people that you meet, like Mariah doing this work, you find out that you really do have um, power to make change. You really can have an impact, um, you know, be it in your own community or even uh, wider spread than that. So I wanted to tell those stories. I wanted to bring on activists and, and hear some of their origin stories and help inspire people to do this work because, spoiler alert, we need everybody to jump in and help out right now to win this election. So let's talk about uh, the work you do at Swing Left, hosting the show, How We Win. What's your angle of the pod? Who are some of the more prominent guests you've had? And what have their messages to your audience been? Ooh, great question. Um, so... The angle is to provide inspiration and tools and calls to action that are really accessible for people um, who, you know, look at the world around them and say, um, something's not right. Our country isn't reflecting my values at this point in time. Um, and I know that I it's going to take me participating to, to change that. And, um, you know, obviously the first thing is for us all to vote, of course, but um, 
for most people, it doesn't end there, fortunately. Um, but also, this is an overwhelming landscape, and uh, sometimes it can be hard to know what to do or where to start. And I always um, tell people, you know, I, I get their frustration. You, you see a candidate that you like. A lot of people have this experience where they reach out, they fill out a form online, they reach out to uh, a candidate's staff and, and they want to help. And uh, it doesn't go anywhere. They don't, like maybe they get a generic email back, but they don't really get their marching orders. Um, and I think the great thing about Swing Left, and, and that's not a knock on campaigns, it's an acknowledgement that campaigns are generally um, overworked, underfunded, understaffed. Right. Um, and so it takes a while to kind of get engaged and it takes persistence um, and being a little bit of a pain. But those, I, I guarantee you the field staff appreciates um, the, the, the reminders and the persistence. But Swing Left makes it really easy um, to go on their site and say, like, where can I, I have limited amount of time or funds or whatever, where can I be the most effective? It'll point you in the right direction and it'll give you um, access to people like Steve who are going to host you at the home or church <laughs> and then, you know, send you on your way with marching orders. And I'll say uh, about some of the guests that we've we've had on. Yeah, you know, I was, and uh, and by the way, I'm a fan of your all's podcast too. You've really had some amazing guests and and been able to get some really thank you really really good gets. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited about the guests that we have because they're people that really inspire me, and I'm a sponge for this stuff. Like I still I'm still new to this, so uh, I just love to um, be able to you know sit down and have these conversations. Um, we the most recent one we have right now is with uh, Sarah Kenzior and Andrea Chalupa from the Gaslit uh, Nation podcast. Just they are so smart. If you haven't listened to their podcast, it will freak you out and it will definitely motivate you to get into action. Um, and uh, then the previous weeks we had Cornell Belcher on, who is uh, such an amazing voice. Um, for this moment too, and also, um, you know, a brilliant political strategist. So it was uh, one of my favorite shows that we've done. Actually, was was that one? And and we've had Shannon Watts on just a few weeks ago. We had, uh, I think, right before that, Dolores Huerta, um, who is just royalty. She's a civil rights icon, ninety years old, and and still like doing it like not no signs of slowing down so you should listen you should actually listen to the Dolores Huerta interview and then feel shame for any resting that you do so <laughs> <laughs> and of course we've had Nathan on to talk about millennial politics oh, right <laughs> what am I saying One that was actually my eight. favorite show <laughs> All right, stop it. Keep it coming. Just uh, no, so let's let's talk about strategy because Swing Left does have a whole suite of tools available to volunteers. Everything that Swing Left does is dedicated towards action. But tell us more. How do we win? Uh, well, um, I'll say the the quick answer to that: um, we win when we all get involved. And as <laughs> Mariah said. Uh, you know, we all had the vote. We know that, but um, but we also know, and uh, it's been made especially clear in recent weeks that uh, Trump is not going to go quietly into the night. Um, it, 
these uh, field margins of 1%, 2% um, are, are not going to do it for us because he's going to try to do everything he can to disenfranchise, to suppress the vote, to um, call into question the results of the election. And, um, and so we need uh, a blowout. We've got to really show up in a huge, huge way. And I think we can do that, but it means that we don't just vote. We need to help get other people to vote too. We all need to volunteer. So when we look at the states that are going to have the biggest impact on the election this year. Um, we have a collection of what we call super states that have a combination of presidential. There's some of your perennial presidential states, um, Senate races, because we all know how important it is that we get Mitch McConnell out of there and take back control of the Senate. Um, and then local legislatures where we can flip some state houses and uh, and write some fair lines, get rid of this just egregious uh, racial gerrymandering um, and set up a decade of uh, progressive victories in the future. Because that the local elections, as you all know, as your listeners know, um, I'm sure, are where the Republicans have been able to solidify their power for so long. So um, there's a, a bunch of states that have all three of those or maybe two of those. And that's where we're focusing our work right now. Yeah. And, you know, how we win the podcast is about more than, hey, this is a reminder that you need to go out and knock on doors or make phone calls. We do really take some deep dives into why and how and the strategy. And um, one episode that kind of stands out for me is talking to Dan Pfeiffer um, from uh, the Obama campaigns and administration. He has a book out, Untrumping America, that really um, gets at, you know, how we do this work and why we do it and how it needs to be value driven. Um, we also talked to some great communicators about how we talk to our friends and families and voters about um, participating as well as how to persuade them to vote for the candidates that we're um, uh, getting behind. So really um, a lot of great anecdotes, but also a lot of like deep strategy and how how we make our our energy and our time work to our advantage. So what what did they say as far as how to talk about the issues or persuade others? Because I know I and I, I I'll speak for myself, but I have a feeling I'm not alone. I have almost given up on persuasion. <laughs> Anytime someone comments on my Facebook or tweets at me, it, I just almost don't even bother responding because I haven't had a positive experience persuading anyone in what feels like years. So I'm curious, what did they say? That's a great question. And it's the perfect example. Um, and so I'll, I'll look back and I'll look ahead. So we recently talked to um, Ben Wickler, who is the head of the Wisconsin Democratic Party. Um, and we spoke to him right before uh, Wisconsin's election earlier this spring. And he gave us a lot of great insight into the relational organizing they're using, where they were providing their volunteers with the tools and um, topics to reach out to their um, Facebook friends to remind them about the election, talk to them about what they needed to know to get out um, and vote. And, you know, they did incredible things in their election this spring. Um, so that that was really helpful to hear. It's not about necessarily blasting out 
to a ton of people. It's about people who know and trust your voice um, and reaching out to them. To your point about being frustrated by people um, that you uh, that you see with uh, um, objectionable opinions <laughs> popping up in your social media. Um, we You're have so been, diplomatic. <laughs> I, I am very diplomatic. Well, we, I, and, and I'll tell you, I've become more diplomatic since we interviewed, um, Irshad, Ma, Irshad Manji, who, um, talked to us about, and this is going to be in a future podcast, talked to us about disagreeing with people online and, um, how we, uh, approach it from, you know, being able to respectfully say, here's my take on what you're saying, but then also having a conversation about that person with how they came around to their opinion and how you can respectfully share your opinion in a way that they're going to be able to hear. So that's coming up soon. And I'm really excited that people will be able to hear that. Any other advice that you've gotten from our guests, Steve? I was just going to say, I, I was going to add that you're, you're diplomatic because your mom also listens to all of the podcasts and, and stuff. So. <laughs> you're like, why was there cursing on this one? <laughs> yeah, you're, I, I can't wait. I, I've been wanting to, uh, we, we've been trying to book Irshad Manji for, uh, actually before we even started the podcast. I read her book, um, Don't Label Me, and was really compelled by it, and um and we just did the interview, I guess, Tuesday, just a few days ago or, you know, whatever this airs, but we just did the interview recently. And I have to say, I, I'm with you, Nathan. It, like when I read the book a year ago, I was very compelled at um, any kind of constructive way to bridge the divides in our country right now. And, um, and right now, I really have less of a compulsion to do that. I really just want to win, you know, so um, it was... Uh, really the perfect time to have the conversation with her. And I'm excited for people to hear it. But listen, there's also some people like, you know, my mom might listen to this, so I'm going to just say, screw them. Like they're just (laughs) not, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to come around. And so we do have to know when it's not worth our time and our energy to engage them around this particular, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, you know, when we're talking about persuasion, um, you know, there's different kinds of persuasion conversations that we have. And it's not necessarily taking, you know, like, in fact, it's rarely ever taking a hardcore Republican and trying to persuade them to vote for a Democrat. It's usually uh, trying to get a, you know, softer Democrat, maybe someone who's not great at voting or an independent to support your particular candidate or to um, take someone that's not really good at voting that just doesn't vote that much and persuade them why voting is so important. So that's an important distinction to make too. So people don't think, oh my God, I've got to have conversations with Trumpers and try to get them not to be racist assholes. See, my mom doesn't listen to this, so I can say that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're going to take a quick break from the podcast and let you know that Millennial Politics is now on Spotify, Stitcher, the Google App Store, and iTunes. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast. If you like the show and like hearing from previous guests, such as Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former presidential candidate Andrew Yang, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, and many more, make sure you subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a review. High ratings and good reviews are some of the best ways people can find us. 
And if you want to see us continue doing this work, we hope you'll consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash millenpolitics. Every dollar will go directly towards our mission of shining a spotlight on progressive candidates, causes, and organizations. Again, if you want to continue hearing interviews and conversations just like this one, we hope you'll visit patreon.com slash millenpolitics and join the movement. All right, now back to the show. So Swing Left launched Blueprint recently, and for those who aren't familiar, it's a strategic way to give to campaigns that are super important in this election cycle, making every dollar go as far as it can um, to the most relevant races. What are the key races in the spotlight right now, and are there any metrics you can share as to how successful it's been since its launch about a month ago? Great questions. Um, so as for metrics, I don't really have uh access to those right now. Um, I know it's been very popular and, and the cool thing about, well, there's, there's a number of interesting things about blueprint. Um, it's sort of like you're on your portfolio for activism, for giving. And, um, uh, well, to answer the first part of your question, uh, it's focused on our super states. It's focused on the strategic races that we know are going to be important and that can shift too. And, you know, like Mariah was talking about for normal people like myself or, you know, most people, they don't really know where their money is going to make the biggest impact or what races they should be supporting. There's so many choices. So um, this helps you build a portfolio and point your money towards the races and also organizations um, that are having the biggest impact. And uh, you do get reports on that too. So where I can't give you metrics right now, if someone wants to donate during, uh, to Blueprint, they'll get reports on what's going on in those races, where their money is, and, and the impact that it's making. So um, it's really, really cool. Awesome. So um, I do believe Blueprint was partially launched by Catherine Vaughn, who, who is mm -hmm. a friend of mine. I want to make sure that oh, really? she gets the all out that that she deserves. Yep, she's she yeah. came on when we did video interviews a while back, and uh, she joined us there. So, uh, shout out to Catherine for putting that together and getting that out the door. And I'm glad to hear it's it's really popular. Um, so, I want to transition here. When I came on your podcast, you asked me what kept me optimistic about November. So, I want to yeah. turn that question back to you both. So. We're, we are in the midst of you know a deep economic recession. We're seeing social unrest around overdue calls for racial justice and police reform. And of course, how could we forget we're in the midst of a global pandemic? So are you feeling optimistic these days? And if so, what is keeping you optimistic? Uh, I am feeling optimistic. And I know that it's... Um, uh, people are going through a lot right now. It's a very difficult time for people financially and emotionally. And um, the fact that um, I look out my window every day and I see a multiracial, diverse, uh, as in, in looks and experience, in, in age group of people marching down Sunset Boulevard literally every day, twice a day. Um, that's what gives me hope is that people are finally listening and um, finally paying attention. Um, and it's not only black people um, and it's not only uh, people of color, it's people here everywhere around the world who are saying, um, I don't look like the person who was murdered on camera a few weeks ago, 
but um, that hurt me too. And uh, I don't want to live in a place where where that's acceptable anymore. Um, and so um, the you know the change that we are that it feels like we're on the cusp of gives me hope because I think that um, the the people at the top who have enabled and allowed this for so long, and I include Donald Trump in that, um, but I know November isn't only going to be about Donald Trump, but he's a big part of it. Um, uh, you know, the, the idea that that's no longer what power looks like is gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. Um, I'll say for me, uh, there's two main things. Um, first of all, uh, the key component to Donald Trump staying in power is uh, the GOP strategy of divide and conquer. And that means disenfranchising voters. That means suppressing the vote. And that means uh, pulling us as Democrats apart so that um, they can suppress the turnout. And uh, if they don't do that effectively, like they did in 2016, with help from the Russians, of course, uh, then they won't win. And what I'm seeing now is I'm seeing us all really coming together. Like um, Democrats understand the stakes and, um, you know, uh, we may disagree on different ways to get to where we want to go, but we all agree that this is the most important election of our lifetime. And I'm seeing that in a big way, in the same way that Mariah just just said. So that gives me a lot of hope. And then uh, the second part is, you know, I, I remember, Nathan, your answer to that question very clearly, because um, you, you know, a lot of times we, we ask the question, what gives you hope? And we get kind of platitudes, like it really feels like we have momentum and stuff like that. You were just throwing some hard numbers about the voters and the, <laughs> and the millennials and, and like, like, you know, we, we got the numbers behind us, you know, and I was like, damn, that's pragmatic. And that makes me feel good. Um, I've been worried about some key demographics that really lead to the kind of blowout numbers that we need in this election. Part of that is young people. And um, like Mariah said, you know, I've been out to a few of these rallies and I look in that crowd and they are at least half of my age. <laughs> they are young and they're fired up and they're engaged. And um, I hope we can sustain that. I'm uh, I'm sorry for the reason that uh, they're out there, but if it if it leads to some meaningful change, and we're seeing some of that already, then uh, it'll be worth it, and it does give me a lot of hope. So, speaking of optimism and hope, uh, do you guys have a favorite Senate race or candidate that you're following right now? Hmm. Oh, I mean, there are so many opportunities. I think that um, I'm excited about uh, Mark Kelly in uh Arizona for yeah, sure. He's strong. Definitely. Very strong. And um uh, uh Jamie Harrison taking on Lindsey Graham is super <laughs> exciting. <laughs> which looking, is not one looking, of our su- which is not one of our super states, but the polling is looking tight there. It's, it's it is good. exciting. Yeah. So and you know, with Lindsey Graham, that would be icing on the cake to send There was a time, uh, you guys may remember, when Lindsey Graham was actually the worst person in the GOP. Boy, how times change, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted How about you, Steve? Do you, no, that's okay. Do you have a favorite? Um, well, uh, I would sure love to get rid of Susan Collins up in Maine. Uh, we have a lot of people who are f- focused, you know, uh, on that race and um like 
like the GOP is, uh, they're also complicit in all of this, but her especially like, I'm going to consider doing something right and then never doing anything right. Uh, She's very concerned and very troubled. <laughs> yeah, <the time. laughs> exactly. It's just, it's especially infuriating. And, um, and you know, uh, here's one like Georgia, man, Georgia has been just a hotbed of voter suppression and um, Stacey Abrams should be the governor of Georgia right now. And we just saw on Tuesday um, the egregious and despicable work of the GOP to um, suppress the turnout there. Um, John Ossoff just won uh, his primary. Uh, There's two Georgia uh, Senate seats up. I would, you know, I would love to take some of that from Georgia. I would love to win those seats. So. Definitely. 100%. Well, thank you guys both so much for coming on. How can people find you? How can they find how we win and how can they get involved with Swing Left? Oh, thank you so much for asking. How We Win is available wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. (laughs) Search for How We Win. You'll find us too. And you can also find us uh, at swingleft.org slash podcast. And um, we have our resources and show notes and stuff up there. And swingleft.org is also where you can sign up to volunteer. So please, please do that. If you do nothing else, uh, you know, we hope you subscribe and listen to our show. But really, the whole reason for our show is to get people to go uh, volunteer at Swing Left. So please do that. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. Great conversation. Yeah, our pleasure. And for our listeners, be sure to check us out at millennialpolitics.co. Find us on social media at millenpolitics. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash millenpolitics and subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks. Mm -hmm.